Welcome to Grant Thornton's podcast channel, offering our latest insights on business, economic, and financial trends. From technology to regulation to employee management, you can afford a status quo approach. Check back regularly for status go insights to drive your business forward. Today we're talking with Rebecca Feather and Andrew Taylor about how private companies can leverage the lessons public companies have learned when it comes to ASC 842 compliance. Rebecca is a partner in Grant Thornton's Strategic Federal Tax Services Practice. Andrew is a director in the firm's Accounting Advisory Services Practice, and both are members of Grant Thornton's Leasing Center of Excellence. Andrew, let's start with you. Public companies have been at ASC 842 compliance for a while now. What lessons have they learned that private companies should keep in mind as they begin their compliance efforts? Well, the first is I think that, that the, the entire effort um, takes a lot longer than most companies um, think. And what we found was on the public company side that a lot of companies had underestimated the man hours and overall um, effort to get leasing data extracted. Many companies um, have the leasing data for equipment and real estate uh, in separate databases or they have the leases in PDF documents and getting everything from those different areas and everything consolidated into one system and then getting all that data extracted um, and consistent for 842 has been a, a big challenge. So we highly encourage um, companies to use LeaseX to get data extracted and where they can look at the data on one comparative basis and make sure they have consistency overall. And I think a lot of the things that the companies didn't consider on the public side was also the unknown lease population. So looking at the, the embedded leases they have, how to assess those embedded leases, what key criteria to apply to, to that review, as well as for any unknown leases. So we have the known lease population where the companies have information in PDFs or in databases. Then there's the unknown component. So we have a data analytics tool to help companies find unknown leases where we run data analytics against GL, ledger information, and uh, vendor master uh, data. So I think those are the two biggest things on a lease population. It's the known leases and the unknown leases. And then outside of that, it's also taking the time to think through practical expedience and, and documenting that and assessing how that will impact your overall program. I think it's also looking at discount rate construction and what goes into those discount rates and whether they align to the term of your lease and whether any of those discount rates are, are need to reflect country-specific risks. And also developing software requirements and taking the appropriate time to allow for implementation of software. Um, just like the lease extraction, the software implementation and getting everything uh, queued up for go-live date takes a lot longer than, than companies originally anticipated. Rebecca Andrew mentioned software, and it seems like data is the key issue. I know most public companies are using new data tools as part of their compliance effort. What should private companies look for as they consider software tools? Really getting your arms around what your lease population looks like, both the known and sort of the, that initial unknown population is really important in being able to derive those software requirements. And what I mean by that is that there is sort of a world of options out there when it comes to lease accounting platforms. 
and some are going to be more geared towards you know a complex real estate portfolio others are going to be more geared towards a heavy equipment leasing portfolio some are going to have a lot of what I would call bells and whistles as far as being able to make um, a lot of changes if you feel like there are going to be a lot of transactions happening inside of your lease portfolio and others are a little more straightforward and so I would encourage users to really get their arms around what their portfolio looks like before diving headlong into making that software selection um, because it could be a very expensive decision that doesn't necessarily have to be unless they've got a complicated lease portfolio or a very active lease portfolio that necessitates that kind of spend. No, I, th I, think, that's, I think that's right on, right on point. I think that's one of the advantages that there is to taking the approach of using LeaseX as a data extraction tool, um, A, to better understand your lease population, and B, to, to, to really dive in on some of, the, some of the specifics that would drive requirements for software. For example, you know, whether there's residual value guarantees, um, the renewal options in your leases, and whether there's any other very specific lease contract components that would impact the way you would account for them. So get the data extracted and better understand the population outside of knowing, hey, we have 400 real estate leases, and in tandem, being able to develop your requirements for software and selecting the right provider. I think the other thing that we've seen um, as people have gone through this transition and then subsequently are, are dealing in sort of a day two environment is a real interest in the reporting capabilities and also the ability um, to connect maybe with ERPs and those kinds of systems. And so to the extent that you're highly interested in what kind of reports the system is going to be able to generate or how it's going to maybe provide a, a GL or an AP feed, those are kinds of things that you're going to want to understand and, and really um, hone in on what your actual requirements are. Uh, so a nice to have versus a need to have because different systems um, obviously have different outputs. If there's a silver lining to ASC 842 compliance, it's that getting a better handle on all of your lease information can lead to opportunities to improve leasing practices. How are public companies leveraging their compliance efforts to improve operations? The first thing is, a lot of folks are in decentralized nature, so they're learning things that they didn't know before. For example, they're spending X amount of dollars on, on vehicles or Y amount of dollars on, on IT services. I had a client that found $3 million with the railroad cars they didn't know they leased. I think, first of all, it's you know, understanding the lease population. And then secondly is being able to be able to drive a better process around uh, getting leases in the system and accounting for those leases, but also hopefully getting more insight into the spend and making better decisions around how companies actually um, lease their, their equipment and their real estate. Another benefit that I've seen in um, some instances has been an evaluation of all of the systems that are in place in different environments and an opportunity to potentially sunset some systems in light of a leasing system that's coming online. So, for example, if you've got a contract management system, some sort of different legal review system, et cetera, et cetera, 
and all of those particular functionalities can be housed in the system that's going to come online to calculate the right of use asset and liability for the standard, then there's an opportunity to maybe sunset some systems that might not be as efficient or provide some value-added functionality that the leasing system is then going to provide. So potential cost savings while you're bringing on new and value-add functionality uh, into the business environment. But what you have to consider along those lines is you have to make sure all the appropriate stakeholders are at the table, right, when you're evaluating systems and looking at what those functionalities are so that you're not uh, removing systems or functionality that might be critical to another business function. My favorite saying is when companies are going through this process, whether it's completeness and evaluating the unknown lease population or selecting software, is to know that you know we've done it over 250 times and they're going through it for the first time. So definitely you know we can we can reduce that learning curve and help accelerate um, the project and bring to bear all of the learnings that we have from the public company adoption. I'd like to thank Rebecca and Andrew for their time today. For more information, please check Grant Thornton's website. Thanks for listening to this Grant Thornton podcast. For more podcasts, search for Grant Thornton on iTunes. Leave us a review and tell us where your business needs insights now. Or visit www.gt.com for podcasts, articles, videos, and more. This content is not intended to answer specific questions or suggest suitability of action in a particular case. For additional information about the issues discussed, contact a Grant Thornton LLP professional.